Welcome to the Ascend Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. Each week we delve deep with some of the brightest and most forward thinking, out-of-the-box minds in health, consciousness, mindset, and spirituality. This show inspires our listeners to improve their body and mind, and our intention is to fuse and lock the conscious warrior and shift the balance of the current paradigm. We have been programmed by people who have been programmed. Your your parents were programmed, and their parents were programmed. This is this says 400 years they know about programming. Our experiences on this planet are converted by the body into electromagnetic vibrations, and then these vibrations, uh, you know, send out to the environment. Like I said, wait a minute. I'm not necessarily in this body. Uh, I, I am sending a signal to it, moving it around, and the body is experiencing life, and those experiences are translated by the nervous system into a broadcast, which goes back out into the field again. We are almost like earth rovers. We jump into this machine, and as we move it around, we get the experiences of this machine sent back to our source. Hey, what is up everyone? Bruce Lipton has a quote and he says, I'm an earth rover, hate to create, hate to experience and hate to manifest the love. And when they do come together, we are already engaged in the next level of human evolution. It's a very interesting way to think about the human experience. Are we just sophisticated human earth rovers? Are we just experiencing life in a human virtual reality meat suit? Maybe, who knows? Within this podcast, Bruce Lipton describes us as human earth rovers, similar to a Mars rover. The rover is you in this universe on this planet, while our higher consciousness is the controller back at NASA. Taking this idea further, you could also consider humans as virtual reality rovers or even players in this universe. This virtual reality, this simulation, this game, whatever you want to call it. Bruce Lipton is a biologist, author of The Biology of Belief. We discuss what Bruce has discovered about reality and he gives us his perspectives from a biology standpoint. We discuss virtual reality, reprogramming our subconscious mind. We even delve into the question, do cells in the human body have consciousness? Bruce Lipton is most well known for uncovering the powerful truth that many people are programmed with the concept of genetic determinism. And this is the belief that our genes in the fertilized egg at contraception determine the character in our fate. Unable to pick our DNA genes, we are powerless to control our life. So that the only option is, to, is seeking out help from someone in the biomedical community to fix our genes. Bruce introduced a new vision about the understanding of genes about half a century ago. That is now the new science of epigenetics. This new understanding now proves that we can re-seize control by regulating the environment in which we live and our perception of it, making us the master of our own genetics rather than the victim of our heredity. This podcast is certainly a powerful one, but before we jump off this podcast, please check out our little trailer on the podcast series The Past, The Now and The Future that will be launched next week, which is also available on our website, Facebook page and YouTube. And don't forget to leave a review of the podcast. So anyway, without further ado, Bruce Lipton. Up 
We have no problems today. The energy is high. We're good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We've just uh, we've just done up some power uh, meditation and power yoga there before we started this, didn't we? Yeah, I feel alive now. I feel really alive. All right, all right, electrical. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. how how how's your day going? Are you okay? Well, we're just starting a fresh day, and it's always interesting for me to see uh, how the world is going to unfold every day because we're really in a state of upheaval. And people don't recognize it, but it's like uh, this is a major evolutionary jumper in the process of experiencing right now. So every day I, I look and say, wow, what's happening? Yeah, and yeah, uh, I have a feeling something before the, before the end of this month is going to rock the world. So uh, I sit around waiting. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's this podcast. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anyway, Bruce, I just want to say I'm absolutely both of us are absolutely huge fans of your work, and we really do think that the the biology of belief is just honestly, it's just a such important topic that really does need to be talked about. Yeah, it certainly does. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that very much because I, you know, I see it too as a topic because it empowers people versus all the other stories that seem to take away individual power. Uh, th this story is, no, no, you're very powerful if you understand it. And if you don't understand it, then it's like a scary place. Mm, yeah. I mean, like, Bruce, we are right now in a state of evolution. And we are programmed to operate right now at a frequency of being victims. And the system yes. programs our parents, teachers, and doctors. And then they program us with their beliefs that they are frail and vulnerable. And so are we. And then one of the biggest ploys on this system like it, it is the programming of the minds of the body to make us think that we don't have any power. Well, yeah, because uh, uh, look, uh, the only way people can get power, if everybody's equally powerful, if you start with that, the only way somebody can be more powerful is by taking away other people's power. And uh, this has happened from the time of the church when they, they said, no, no, you can't talk to God, we can talk to God, and therefore disempowered you. Uh, and then medicine comes and it says, no, you can't take your, care of your health. We take care of your health. And it's like, wow, second disempowering. So between our spirit and our, our health, uh, we have lost control by programming. Yeah, definitely. Bruce, I was going to ask you, actually, it's definitely evident to say that there's all this programming out there. But can, can we actually get to a point? Like, can we like rewrite like generations of program with like new, a new foundation of beliefs and awareness? And the surprise, and, and this is a surprise because most people can't believe it and therefore don't even go there, is that you, you can rewrite programs in about 10 or 15 minutes if you know how to do it. And if you don't know how to do it, it's a labor-intensive process, and, um, and the outcome is uh, variable. But if you know how to uh, rewrite these programs, and in a matter of minutes, you can rewrite a program that you've had your whole life that was disempowering you and take power back. And this is, there, there's an old saying called, uh, necessity is the mother of invention. And today there's an absolute necessity that people get their power back as fast as they possibly can because there's an upheaval in the works and how you're gonna manage through this time of change is really based on how much consciousness and awareness you have. And that's the critical uh, lifesaver that, that is necessary for people to understand otherwise they're victims as we talked about and and victims already believe they've lost their power so from that point on they they have no control and it's quite unfortunate because those that do have the control yeah. uh are really sucking the life out of them you know uh i remember um uh 
uh, Tony Benn in Parliament, um, uh, he, he said very clearly, he said, uh, governments do not want a healthy, intelligent population because they're very difficult to control. Yeah. Yeah. And this is absolutely, absolutely the truth. And then if you look at it, and especially from my perspective, being old enough to remember uh, before the world machine started to assemble itself, um, uh, it was a different, it's a different world. And today, uh, uh, this country I'm in is probably one of the more stupid countries and also one of the more unhealthy countries. And then you can look and say, what a coincidence. And I go, it's not a coincidence. It was in the program. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, now it's time you, you either get out of the program or you die with the program. That's basically where we're at. And the evolution yeah. that is facing us right now is the decision making time. This now is the time to uh, decide, uh, are you going to take your power or not? Because if you're not, it's not going to be a very good time. That's it. For those that do, it'll be extraordinary times are coming. And for those that don't take their power back, it's like uh, extraordinary, but in the negative. <laughs> it's going to yeah. scare the hell out of them. As I said, we are really moving into this uh, extraordinary upheaval. Uh, you know, I mean, Brexit is like, yeah, there's a vote that changes the world and and uh, the u.s presidential election is the biggest joke in the world uh but it's basically all re reflecting the fact that the system is coming apart and uh and there you know as i mentioned there's two ways to look at it one is like oh my god the world is falling apart so am i or thank god this thing is falling apart because uh we are facing such major crises on this planet due to the way that we have been living on this planet, that the only way to thrive into the future uh, is, is to let go of the current behavioral patterns that are undermining our world and ourselves and uh, open up to a new and better world. But that means the evolution of consciousness. People have to recognize who they really are, and their programming has actually disempowered them uh, so so significantly that everyone feels they're victims when in fact everyone is a creator so many different topics I leave it open to you you guys pick something we'll talk about it yeah well we've got um some things in mind on what we're going to touch in and it's, it's starting about the belief and the power of the um, the mind then going into a various other things as well that we're going yeah, to touch on touch on like the belief the, but, the belief to do with healing as well but later on in the podcast Bruce I would definitely love to talk touch on a little bit about you about uh, virtu the virtual reality yeah and how a uh, belief ties into virtual reality just a little bit touch on that I would love to go into that and the virtual reality that we're in yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well, well uh, you know for for me um, as a scientist uh, it was very interesting because I spent most of my uh, career in the professional level as a professor in a medical school, uh, teaching medical students the belief that uh, we are genetically controlled, you know, bio robots more yeah. or less, and that uh, the control of our lives is in these things called genes. And for 50 years or more, people have been looking at genes as, oh my God, these things are are switching on it off and they're controlling my life and I don't control the genes they control me and therefore I'm a victim of my heredity you know such as uh, oh there's cancer running in my family and I oh I, I must have the cancer gene or diabetes or Alzheimer's or any of these kinds of diseases uh, we have been led to believe that genes control these characteristics 
when you believe that, then by definition, you've given up power over your life because uh, now we hand over the power to these genes. Yeah. And for sure, that's what I was teaching for in medical school for years. Uh, but while I was doing that, that teaching, my research on uh, uh, cloning cells, and cloning cells is a very important insight because it means you start with one single cell in a Petri dish and it divides every 10 hours or so. So after doubling every 10 hours for a week or so, um, you have about like 50,000 cells in a Petri dish, but they're all genetically identical. Uh, and my research back, and this is 1967, so you guys weren't even around yet. Uh, 1967, I was cloning stem cells. And so I have genetically identical cells, and I split them into three Petri dishes, and I changed the the culture medium. That's what we grow cells in. That's the, their environment. Yeah. I say, well, what does culture medium represent? Culture medium represents blood. So if I grow mouse cells, I try to synthesize the equivalent of mouse blood. Or when I grow human cells, I try to synthesize the human blood in the synthetic version we call culture medium, and, and that's the environment that cells grow in. So I have uh, genetically identical cells in three different dishes, but I change the chemistry of the culture medium a little bit in each dish. So I put genetically identical cells in three dishes, each with a different environment because I've changed the chemistry a little bit. Mm -hmm. And in one dish, the cells form muscle. In the second dish, the cells form bone. And in the third dish, the cells form fat cells. Yeah. And, and it becomes very important to recognize here's the, here was the like, profound point. All the cells were genetically identical. The thing that determined the fate of the cells was not the genes. It was the environment in which the cells were living. And I say, well, why is this relevant? Well, it's not genetic control. It's really environmental control. And I go, well, what's irrelevant to that? And I say, well, we can change our environment. We can change how we live in our lifestyle, which means we have the power mm. of adjusting our genetics. And the genetics are not controlling us. I yeah. mean, let, let, you know, let, let's eliminate one false statement that is, you know, it's just people have grown up, up with this statement. Mm. And it's the belief, oh, gene, genes turn on and genes turn off. I go, this is the most fallacious argument in the whole world for a simple reason. A gene is a blueprint. It is no different functionally than a blueprint in a an architect's office and, and I say the relevance is simple you go into the architect's office and she's working on a blueprint uh, you lean over her shoulder and you say is your blueprint on or off and, and, and you know she'll look at you like what are you crazy it's a blueprint there's no on and off and I go precisely this is the most important fact in the entire world a gene is a blueprint it does not turn itself on it doesn't not turn itself off. It doesn't even know what it does. It's an information piece that makes a, a building block of the body called a protein. And I say, in all these years, people have said, genes are controlling this, and genes cause this, and that, and I go, no, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> genes are blueprints. And, and the idea is, when you understand their blueprints, then you have to understand something reads the blueprints. Ah, we've been focusing on and the blueprint, we haven't focused on the contractor. Who's reading the blueprint? Who's selecting and modifying the blueprints? And the answer is our mind. And this becomes profoundly important because it says if your mind is controlling your genes, then by definition, your mind is controlling your health and your future. And, and, and since we can change our minds, then it really says right off in the very beginning, we 
are not victims of our heredity. We are programmers of our genes. Yeah. And it turns out less than less than one percent, less than one percent of disease is based on genetics. If you understand that, then I say, well, the over ninety percent of disease is based on what? And I go, lifestyle and belief and programming. And, and, and when you understand that, it says, well, wait a minute. All of those things I have power over. Yeah. And if you have power over them, then by definition, you have power over your health. And that's why we find 90% of disease is actually due to, uh, I said, the programming and lifestyle. And and if we understood that, we could get rid of 90% oh, of yeah. disease I, I, on this planet I by think, I think touching I, our minds. Oh, sorry, Bruce, I was just going to say, yeah, I think that's absolutely crucial there. Um, by actually implementing like these changes right then in the environment because I think to reprogram countless generations of programming with these new foundation of beliefs and awareness I think we need to completely change and structure the environment and com and these this is going to happen because the environment or the scenario we're given that's going to implement this change that's actually going to reprogram this whole new consciousness in the, in the brain and think, wow, I don't want this, or wow, I do want this. That's going to lay this new foundation of beliefs and awareness. And I think just being in that moment or that environment or that scenario, that is really the crucial component of how we're actually going to evolve. What 100%. Uh, you know, people think of evolution, I think, as some physical change oh we're going to get bigger brains and things like that and it's like no no this is our evolution as a as an organism we we have this evolution it is done the next evolution is not to change the physical organism but it's changed the functioning of the consciousness that we've been given and the simple fact is most people have seen the movie called the matrix uh, and you think oh the matrix it's a science fiction film about programming people got programmed they go it's not science fiction and it's an absolute documentary. There's not one person out here who has not been programmed uh, during the first seven years of their lives because uh, this is how biology works. Uh, the first seven years is dedicated to being programmed uh, and for a very simple reason. If, um, if I say, what are the rules to be a functional member of a family and a community and a society? I mean, we have rules to be a member. And I say, well, how many rules are there? And you go, Jesus well, there's thousands of them. <laughs> I go, yeah, there are thousands. Of, I mean, just how you behave. I mean, I, when I give my lectures, I, I say, look, how, how a father talks to a child. He talks to the policeman. I said, you know, we have so many different oh behaviors when you respond this way or this way. And I say, thousands and thousands. Uh, and the relevance about this is you, we have to learn these at a very young age. In fact, so young, uh, it's before a child even can read or anything like that. So I said, well, how does a child learn thousands of rules of how to fit into the Community and the answer is the first seven years, uh, the brain is uh, operating at a lower vibrational frequency than conventional consciousness. It's operating in a, a vibrational frequency called theta. That, that, that's when you put wires on a person's head. It's called electroencephalograph, EEG. You read brain function. You're reading vibration. Uh, theta for the first seven years is is a state of uh, imagination. And it's relevant, yeah, if you think about it, kids under seven uh, mix the real world and the imaginary world seamlessly i mean if, if a kid's riding a broom and he's calling it a horse at that moment in the child's mind it actually is a horse there's no yeah. doubt about it uh and and i say oh well that's theta where where imagination becomes part of reality but i also have to tell you this theta is 
hypnosis. And, and why it's relevant, it says for the first seven years, the brain is predominantly uh, in a state of function uh, of theta, which is hypnosis, just means it downloads everything it sees. The child, every word that hears and sees is being downloaded as a program. But I say, yeah, but these behavioral programs that are being downloaded, where do they come from? I go, not from the child. They come from the parents or the siblings or the community. The child is living in and recording. And I said, why is it relevant? And the answer is, we are downloaded with behaviors by just watching other people. These become our basic behaviors. And, and it's a program. And, and so it's interesting. You say, oh, wow, we've been programmed. The Matrix is a documentary. It's real. Everybody's been programmed. You go, hey, look, it, we, of course, are now programmed. We recognize it on a scientific level now. But guess what? The Jesuits have known about the programming for 400 years years that they in fact boast about it and people don't really understand what the boast is when the Jesuits have said for 400 years give me a child until it's seven and I will show you the man and people didn't recognize what they were saying let me just this define it it's what they were saying is this give me the education programming for a child for just seven years and I will determine the fate of that child's life and basically they were absolutely Absolutely correct. We now know that the programming that we acquire in the first seven years, the behaviors, and remember, these behaviors are acquired from other people. These are the behaviors that shape our life and our fate. So, as the Jesuit said, I just need seven years of programming you, and after that, you will automatically become the program. They knew that. And I say, yeah, you know, and I say, a little fact like that never got lost from uh, the leadership of the world. They've known that. We can be programmed, and we have been programmed, and most of the program is disempowering. And and this is there's a significance to it because the, the so-called leaders who think they're like our parents, uh, these leaders say, well, we really have to control the masses. And one of the ways is, oh, program them, <laughs> and we've been programmed to lose our power. And and, and since it's a program, the beautiful part about it is now that we know how to reprogram. We get to take back the power of the machinery called our lives. And this is very exciting. And this is what the, the new science of heredity is all about. The old science was called genetics. And, and I said, what is that? What is that? Genes, genes, genes controlling life. So what I was teaching was called genetic control, which is simply meaning control by genes. Your life is determined by the genes. And I say, well, that makes you a victim because as far as you know, you didn't pick the genes. And if you don't like the traits, you can't change the genes. And there you are, you know, being programmed by these genes and you have no power over them. That's the conventional thinking that we've been programmed with. There's a new science, and that was the stuff that I studied and saw 40 years ago. And that was this, is that the genes are not controlling themselves. The genes are controlled by environmental information. And why is that relevant? The answer is this, because we can change the environment, then we can change our genetic activity. And then we start to find out that the way we have been programmed, the way we are living, which is creating our lives and the environment, the behaviors, are actually antagonistic to our health. And as a result, the chronic stress felt by the people on this planet right now, the stress it's actually the cause of the illness. And it says, yeah, but stress is something, when you understand it, you can control it. And I say, yeah. And then I say, well, well then that means you have absolute control over your health. There's less than 1% of disease that 
anything to do with the genetics. Every bit of the rest of that disease is coming from uh, how you live your life, your lifestyle, the environment, the stresses. And, and since these are uh, controllable by the individual, then the significant bottom line is this. We are the most powerful force in controlling our lives, although we have no awareness of it by conventional science, which has taught us we are victims. The yeah. fact is, no, we are masters. We are powerful creators. Yeah, definitely. I was just going to say as well, it is so fascinating when you do think about how much like the subconscious programming has affected us. And I think if you do think about it, if, like the program that if you let it, it will control your life. But like if you think about it, not for it's not for good. And you obviously it can work against you in your life. But then you also can go within the system and obviously try and make it better as well. But my thinking is, is and something that I've actually thought about is, is all these is all these challenges here and all these struggles here because they're actually just a part of the game and we need to actually like go through the challenges and experience the challenges. And my thinking is it's maybe just all a part of the game of life. I, you know, it's funny because uh, the deeper I got into this new science, and the more I understood the nature of it, it actually uh, gave me the image of a, if I made an, an analogy of what it's like. It's like when we play a video game, uh, and uh, I haven't played ones for years, but I remember when they were starting out, you get you get to select a character yeah, yeah. Uh, to play, to be in the game, and then you get to select different traits, like if it was a war game or something you get oh you get these kind of weapons and you can select 10 of these and 15 of these weapons and so before you get the game you select the powers that you have so to speak and then you jump into the game and you try to exercise those powers to win the game the reality that i've seen is the simple fact is that um uh and i didn't believe in this for most of my life so it's for me it's exciting uh is that uh our identity uh, we perceive it to be something in our genetics. And the, the new science uh, that I saw revealed that our personal identities, which make us different from each other, uh, is actually due to some protein receptors, which are antennas. Protein receptors built into the surface of our cell. Our identity is being picked up by a set of uh, antennas on the surface of our cell, like a combination lock where each antenna uh, has different frequencies. So as you assemble them, you can make a complex co no two people have the same set of these antennas and uh, and when they try to match tissue let's say somebody needs a kidney you can't pick anybody's kidney you have to find somebody who has a very similar combination of antennas that you have that's called tissue matching and that's what they do when they try to find out is this kidney good for this patient and if they don't match then no this kidney the immune system of that person will rapidly kill the foreign cells but if you can and get a closer match to the, between the donor and the recipient. Then when that organ is transplanted, the closer it is to the original person, the less aggressive the immune system is mm -hmm. to remove it. And that's why uh, they check be, before they can transplant an organ. They say it's the, if the identity. I say the identity is what? These antennas. I say they, they're looking to see uh, identities, but what the identities represent self. And, and the interesting part about they're actually these antennas. Uh, many of them in medicine, they study. They're called self receptors. I mean, what does the what does it mean? Self, you receptors, receivers of you. <laughs> and what makes it really interesting is that these identity receptors that make us different from each other are not inside the cell. They're on the outside 
surface of the cell, which then leads you to the next point. It says, well, if these are antennas, where the heck is the signal that says self coming from? And the answer is not inside the system, outside. And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, my God, uh, a human biology, a human machine, so to speak, a body is the equivalent of a virtual reality suit you step into the suit as an identity picked up by these antennas but the suit translates our world by, via eyes and nose and taste all the machinery of this of the biology the, the receptor systems by which we read the world you know ears and nose and tongue and eyes and touch and pressure and feelings such as love or pain this these sensations are derived from a biological suit and i say yeah but when your identity comes into this suit then there's a, a, a you're connected to this virtual reality suit you can make it move around that that's your intentions and as you move around you get to experience the planet and these experiences are sent via the brain which can converts your experiences of life into vibrations it's a translator light comes in your eye but light's not going to your brain a, a vibration a, like a you know like a television broadcast is going to the brain i mean you taste something it's like yeah but the chemicals of taste aren't going in your brain it's the nervous system converting that into vibration so our experiences on this planet are converted by the body into electromagnetic vibrations and then these vibrations uh, are you know, send out to the environment. And I can tell you that because I could read your brain functions with a probe not even touching your head. You can have a thought in your head, and I can read it with a probe outside. Well, the point is very simple to this. You, you think your thoughts are contained in your head, but because these uh, probes, which are called magnetoencephalograph, it's not electroencephalograph, magnetoencephalograph, M-E-G, uh, it, is a device that can pick up your brain function outside of your head. And you go, wow. And I say, yeah, wow, is this. Your thoughts are translated into a vibration that's broadcast yeah. because that's I can read it out, out here. And I go, oh, because you see, I didn't believe in, in, in the spirituality stuff. I believed in genes and cells and body and you're alive and then you're dead. Yeah. But once I understood the nature of the c- control, and that what makes people different from each other is a set of antennas on the surface, which are reading an environmental signal. I said, wait a minute, I'm not necessarily in this body. Uh, I, I am sending a signal to it, moving it around. And the body is experiencing life, and those experiences are translated by the nervous system into a broadcast, which goes back out into the field again. Uh, it was funny. So all of a sudden, the, the, the most profound thing happened in my life when I understood the mechanism. I said, wait, I'm not spiritual. I'm a genetically controlled chemical machine. And I understand, oh, my God, these antennas are picking up a broadcast. And then I started to realize, oh, here, let me give you the analogy. And then this will make sense of our being here. And the analogy is this. We can't go to Mars, but we want to know what, what would it be like to live on Mars. So we sent up a device called the Mars Rover. And it looks like a go-kart with a lot of electronic equipment on it. And I go, as strange as it looks, it's the equivalent of a human. In what sense? I said, well, it moves around. It's got cameras to see with. It's got sense receptors to read the temperature, the air composition. It can taste the soil and tell you what it's made out of and all all this. And so basically, I said, oh, how does it work? The guy at NASA sends a signal that's picked up by, by the antenna. 
it moves the rover around. As the rover is moving around, the receptors, the television camera and the sensors and all that, are reading the environment. And the sensors are turning that environmental information into a broadcast, which is sent back to the guy at NASA. And, and, and I say, well, what's the relevance? Well, it's like sending a person to Mars. You can move it around. You can experience what the life is like, the temperature, the lighting, whatever's going on. And you haven't left the seat in NASA uh, in the United States, and yet you're living on, on Mars in a sense. I go, we are almost like Earth rovers. We jump into this machine, and as we move it around, we get the experiences of this machine sent back to our source. So, uh, you know, what does chocolate taste like? Uh, a consciousness can say, what does chocolate taste like? But a body can make a, a sense of chocolate and yeah. taste by tasting it with the cells and then converting it into a vibration. So, uh it's very interesting because, as we talked about, it's like a game. It's like uh, we come in and we play these parts and we move around and, and we're like Earth rovers and, and we're guiding these machines around and we're creating lives and we're getting experiences and we're sending them back to source and all that. And if we get lost in the game, then we say we are the player. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's where we stand. I say, no, wait, wait. In those video games, games i said you pick a player you give it traits you move it around but you are not in the game you are directing the game from above i go ah i'm a player in this earth game you're a player we're all players we got these machines and the suits and we move them all around like that i go yeah but it's a game you get in here and you get to create and you get to experience and i go yeah now the only problem is this when you jump into the game, uh, you get programmed. <laughs> First yeah. step is programming. And if that programming sucks, then the rest of your life, I'm sorry, it, it sucks because you're operating from a, a program that's not functionally uh, a, a good program. I mean, it's like if someone taught you how to drive your car and you had nobody else teaching you and they drove with one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake, uh, this will stress the, the car uh, and you'll have to replace the brakes more frequently, all kinds of problems. I go, yeah, but uh, you're going to drive that car just the way you learned. And and you'll always do that until you relearn how to drive the car and not to put both feet on the pedals at the same time. I say, we have been programmed how to drive these vehicles, bodies. But the programming we got is really bad driver education. <laughs> mm -hmm. And until you realize that it's the driver education, the way we're living, the lifestyle that is causing the health problems on this planet, the crises, the stress – is because we've been programmed. Then I say it's time to take the red pill, and the red pill in the Matrix was the opportunity to take this pill and and get out of the program. And so I just want to give most people out there, if they're old enough and have experienced something called falling in love, I'm going to say, if you think about it, that moment you were falling in love was the equivalent of taking the red pill. And I say this for the following reason: your life could suck all the way up till you meet this person and then you meet this person the next day it's like oh man heaven on earth I'm so in love life is beautiful it may not last for a long time but what I really need people to understand is that immediate experience that changes your entire life up until that moment you just meet this person and all of a sudden your life is different you're healthier you got more energy life is exciting it's more like heaven on earth and I go what was it 
from one day, you, you, I mean, your whole life sucks, and then one day later, heaven on earth. And we know from science that uh, that moment of falling in love like that and that period that comes right after, which I refer to as the honeymoon, is a period where for the first time in your life you actually stop playing the programs that you got in the first seven years and you put your hands on the wheel it's called being mindful and you drive this vehicle called your biology now not with the program but with your personal wishes and desires and guess what the moment you stop playing the program was the moment that life became this most beautiful experience and i go precisely Precisely, if you want to understand what life would be like on this planet without the damn programs, I say it's like that falling in love where everything is like, God, it's beautiful. Life is wonderful. I am healthy, great excitement. And I go, yeah, <laughs> that's the moment without playing the program. And I say, Jesus, if you understand that, it says, well, you could have this every day of your life if you recognize, A, you have been playing a program, that B, you have stopped playing the program, and that your life got so good, and C, you can reprogram the program. Then all of a sudden you say, oh, my God, I could have heaven on earth every day of my life by reprogramming uh, the bad uh, driver education that I got in the first seven years. I go, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. You can create a whole new life. Yeah. Yeah, Bruce, I was just going to say. Sorry, sorry. No, sorry, Bruce. I was go just, ahead, go I, ahead. just something thought me came in mind. There, I was just going to say when you were talking about like eventually like leaving, sort of leaving the game. But I was thinking, if if we do eventually like this is to go deeper. But if we do eventually get to a point where we leave this game, maybe it's maybe the way life isn't. I was thinking maybe the way life is set up. It's maybe not set up like that because if we do get to a point where we realize this everything is a game and we and we see through like like you said before the matrix, maybe everything would just dissolve. And maybe the way the game's set up, it's not like consciousness is set up to not allow us to get to that level because it knows if we do go past that level, maybe that's when the game just completely disappears. Yeah, well, the control for sure disappears is when people try to look, we're being manipulated. If people are sick out there, I said only 1% of that at all has anything to do with the genes. The rest of it is environment and our behavior. We do have a healthcare crisis, so I can measure how's our programming. And I say, look at the healthcare crisis. That'll tell you how the programming is why because if you really understand who you are there would be no healthcare crisis the deeper the healthcare crisis is means the deeper we have lost control of our own lives at this point so basically it says uh yep uh what would happen if we got our program back and the answer is they would not be able to manipulate us they would not be able to take our power away from us that we would be healthier, that we would have that heaven on earth feeling of a honeymoon every day of our lives. And this is not in the interest of the corporate monopoly that controls our world. I mean, even here in the United States, they think, oh, your vote means something. And I go, well, not necessarily, uh, because uh, it's really manipulated by the money. Uh, and so uh, um, democracy is like, oh, that's a, a great idea and name. Do we have it? I say, no, we don't have it. I mean, the, the, a very simple thing, a slap in the face, and people didn't even see it, was they took a poll of the American population in regard to uh, should there be background checks on individuals who want to buy a gun? It basically said, shouldn't you check and see if some of these people aren't crazy <laughs> before selling the gun? 95% of the people of the United States said, yes, it would be very good to have this background check. And the Congress voted against it. Well, 
if you needed any more information about, you know, is this a democracy? And the answer is no, it's not. Congress is supposed to represent the people. 95% of the people wanted the background check, and the Congress voted against it. It means Congress isn't representing people. It's representing the industries. And I don't think it's any different in Germany or any other place on this planet right now that our rights have been taken over by programming, which has given over our power to other people, and they profit from that. Yeah. I think, Bruce, like you said, program programming needs to make a change right now because that's a really good example that you've just used there about the um how the gun laws didn't change over that over a vast majority of people it just goes to show that the government is completely in control of the programming it actually that actually entails this reality and that's what's absolutely fascinating about why the power of belief is so important and it's very interesting to think about how biology is going to play a role in the creating of the uh, mind and the human consciousness and that's why we need to focus right now on how we can create a new mind and create this upgraded human consciousness oh absolutely and and so the first thing is look we have to own the simple truth and this is the truth the matrix is not a fiction it's really everybody has been programmed it's just biology i mean as i said how can you learn the thousands of rules as an infant to then become a participant in the family and the community the answer is not by reading those rules but just by observing life and downloading it through hypnosis so uh, everybody's been programmed that's that's just the way it is now the idea is like if a good teacher then your programming will enhance your life and enhance your health and if your teacher is not that good then you lose out on your ability it's sort of like as i said you get a a driver education teacher who know how to drive very well and that's your teacher then the conclusion is simple you will be a lousy driver yourself and, and the idea is we have been programmed by people who have been programmed your your parents were programmed and their parents were programmed this is as i said 400 years they know about programming Mm. And the idea is, I said, well, what happens if you get out of the program? Then we mentioned very briefly, your life can radically change. I go, well, here's the situation. We have been programmed. And uh, and then the issue comes, well, how do I know what the programming is? And it's a very important question because the programming started in the last trimester of pregnancy and for the first seven years. So I said to you guys, I say, uh, hey, uh, what program did you get when you were one year old? And you go, I don't know, <laughs> you know, because you weren't conscious until around seven. So basically, uh, I say, you don't know what your programs are. And I go, absolutely, because you were programmed before you even had consciousness. But these programs, science has revealed, these programs that we get in the first seven years, we run these programs 95% of the day. Now, first, people are going to go out there, what do you mean? And I, I've been programmed, and B, I run these programs 95% of the day. I, I, you, people think, no, I'm running my life the way I want. That, and I go, here's the problem. Let's uh, you know dissect it right away and very quickly get to the point. The mind is what controls biology, behavior, and genetics. Fine. Uh, but there's two parts to the mind. Uh, the original is called the subconscious mind. It's the massive part of the entire brain, subconscious, below conscious. These are habits. And behaviors that are programmed into us, instincts, uh, you know, it's just these are just fundamental habits of how, how to deal with life. And they're based on experiences. So, you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, you learned how to walk before you were two. And I guess, guess where that programming went? Oh, it went down in the subconscious. The subconscious has walk as a program. And I go, really cool, because that means 
once it's in the subconscious, it becomes a habit. So another word for subconscious mind is habit mind. I say it's a good thing to have because you learned how to walk once. You don't have to do it every day. So it's great. Before you were two, you learned how to walk. You never had to think about it since then. So the subconscious mind plays some very important roles, uh, how to drive a car once you learn. Oh, yeah. It's not in your conscious mind. It's automatic. Okay, so subconscious is good, automatic habits, period. And I say there's a second mind called the conscious mind, and that's the one that makes us unique. So each of you guys has a different conscious mind. I have a different conscious mind. Everyone out there has a different conscious mind because that's where our personal identity, uh, our source, or if you want to say our spirit resides in the conscious mind. Now, the subconscious mind has said, oh, that's a record playback. That's the habits, the habits that we have. And I go, conscious mind is different because it's creative. So if I ask you guys, I say, hey, you know, what are you doing uh, next Wednesday at 2 o'clock? Uh, if I ask you that, the conscious mind is creative because it has, it's not Wednesday at 2 o'clock next week. So you're thinking into the future. Yeah. Oh, my God, conscious mind can create something for the future that doesn't exist now. And I go, yeah, conscious mind is creative. That's and so that's true. the one that you are. You're the, you're the one with the hands on the wheel. This is what I want for my life. Uh, and then science reveals, unfortunately, that 95% of our life comes from the subconscious. And the reason why is when I asked you that question, what are you doing next week, your conscious creative mind was trying to answer it. And I go, yeah, but where's the answer? It's not in front of you. It's inside your head. Uh-oh, th this is critical. Ready? When you are thinking... The conscious mind is going inside to look for answers. Thinking is an inside job. I go, yeah. Then I say, well, what, what does that mean? I said, well, if, if you're walking down the street and all of a sudden you have a thought, your conscious mind lets go of the control of your biology. For that moment, your conscious mind mm -hmm. just went inside. I say, yeah, but uh, does that mean you stop walking? I go, no. It's fascinating the trust that we put in. Oh, sorry, I was just going to say it's fascinating the trust that we actually put in our subconscious mind actually guide us. Yeah, but that's because it's so automatic. We don't even know we're doing it. So you, you're walking down the street. You're you're paying attention to where you're going. All of a sudden, you have a thought. Conscious mind goes inside. You, you don't walk off the sidewalk or walk into the building. Uh, your subconscious mind is is a million times more powerful than your conscious mind. So it, it can easily guide you down the street. And, and, and so basically, it says. Science has now recognized that 95% of the day our mind is in thought. And I say, oh, Jesus, if you understand what that means, the conscious mind is you. That's the one that says, I want to drive this vehicle towards yeah. success. I want I want health. I want a great relationship. I want a great job. Oh, when your conscious mind's got the hands on the wheels, you're driving in that, in that yeah. direction. And I say, yeah, but when the conscious mind is thinking, it lets go of the wheel. And I say, that's when... The subconscious becomes the autopilot. Yeah, and that's so what's, that means, sorry, Bruce. Yeah. I was just going to say that. And that's what's the fascinating part, really, is when the subconscious mind does take over, uh, the conscious mind starting to take a back step, really. But, and, and this is something that's interesting to me, is like when you start talking about um, survival there, how the, how the conscious subconsciousness is like automatically adapted to survival. Our cells, mm -hmm. oh, so sorry, I was going to say our cells as well. Our cells have also got their own basic survival instinct as well. So that makes me ask the question, do our cells have their own consciousness? 
the cells have their own consciousness if I take them out of the system. So in other words, I said I was cloning cells. I take a human cell, put it in a Petri dish. Mm -hmm. It's no longer being controlled by the environment inside the human body. It's on its own. And it can live and do its own thing in the environment. But when it comes together in the human body, it defers its own consciousness, in a sense, to read what the system is sending as information. So the brain is interpreting the world and then sending information to the cells saying, this is what's going on, and uh, you adjust the biology on the inside to match what I need, what's going on on the outside. So the brain is reading the external environment and sending signals uh, to the cells to control their biology for the needs of that environment. I mean, if you're being chased by a saber-toothed tiger, uh, your mind is going to switch where all the blood in the body is going to go because, man, you're going to have to run now. So uh, the control of biology is being switched to to deal with that environment. And so what's going on in the outer world is interpreted by the brain, and the brain sends chemistry to the cells, which in the blood, that's the culture medium. Uh, and the 50 trillion cells in my body uh, are responding to the blood, just like in that experiment I talked in the beginning. I said, I changed the chemical composition of the culture medium. I changed the fate of the cells. And I said, yeah, but culture medium is blood. Your body has 50 trillion cells in it. Your body is a skin-covered Petri dish with 50 trillion cells inside and culture medium called blood. And I go, the fate of the cells whether it's in the plastic Petri dish or the skin-covered Petri dish, is still controlled by the chemistry of the blood. And then I say, yeah, but the brain is releasing the chemistry. And I say, yeah, but based on what? And then I go, whatever picture the mind holds, that is translated into chemistry by the brain. If you have a picture of being threatened by the saber-toothed tiger, the chemistry coming from that picture in the brain will you know, change the fate of the cells, get you ready for fight or flight, run, save your life. But if, if the picture in the brain, you open your eyes and you see someone you love, that's completely different chemistry. It changes how you feel. You feel pleasure. You feel healthy and happy and excited. I go, because the brain is translating the world into chemistry. So... Uh, then I say, yeah, but what are you going to do in response to the world? I go, when you are in your conscious mind, you create the response. You can create your wishes and desires. But if the conscious mind is thinking 95% of the day, then your responses to the world are not uh, programmed on your wishes and desires. They're programmed on whatever information was downloaded into you and your subconscious in the first seven years. So your behavior 95% of the day is not coming from what you want, your wishes and your desires. It's coming from the program that you got from other people. So your behavior is not even you anymore. Uh, When I give my lectures, I tell the same story over and over again because it's a story that really puts everything into perspective and here's the story I say somewhere during our development uh, we had a friend and we were very close to our friend and we knew our friend's behavior very very well and we happen to know our friend's parent and one day we see that our friend has some of the same behavior as their parent and this is really exciting so you want to say hey Bill you're just like your dad And then you back away from Bill. Bill goes ballistic and says, how can you compare me to my dad? And and most people laugh because they're very familiar with it. I said, let me tell you how profound this story is. And here's why it's so profound. Everyone else can see that Bill behaves like his dad. 
the only one who doesn't see it is Bill. I, I said, well, explain that. I go, yeah. He, Bill gets the behavior from his dad in the first seven years of programming. Bill plays these programs 95% of the day because his conscious mind is busy in thought. So while Bill is playing his father's programs, he's the one that doesn't see him because why is he playing the program? Because his conscious mind is busy in thought. So if his conscious mind is thinking about something and his dad's behavior is playing, he's the one that doesn't see the behavior because his conscious mind's not paying attention. And so everyone laughs. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, everyone could see that Bill's behaving like his dad except for Bill. And then I say, yeah, but the second part of the story that is profound is every one of us is Bill. Every one of us every day is defaulting to subconscious programs that we acquired from other people 95% of the day, and we don't see it. And I go, relevant? If the programs are negative, and psychologists have told us that up to 70% or more of the programs that we got in those first seven years are disempowering and self-sabotaging behaviors, if these, are, if 70% of our programs are negative, then that means... 95% of the day, the vast majority of programs we're playing are actually sabotaging us. I go, yeah, but we don't see it for the reason is why are we playing that program? The answer is because we're in thought 95% of the day and the programs that are playing, therefore, are automatic, coming from the subconscious, and they play without being observed by us. Uh -huh. So that means 95% of the day, we're, we're not going toward our wishes and our desires and what we want we're going toward wherever the program was taking mm -hmm. us and, and since most of the programming is negative we have struggle in our life Bruce, and we don't see it yes just sorry jump in just before i just want to touch on something before i forget to mention it before when you said um like we are connected to it like a virtual reality suit and we're just uh, like sending a signal to our body i was wondering like how did you feel like after all your years of research and experimentation that the cells were in some way like programmable like that a cell or a computer chip function is like the, the sort of very similar like they receive their information from like sort of like an external source like how did you feel about that like that, that the cells like something something was having to input information to them <laughs> it, it, it transformed my life so completely that i was in one minute of awareness from like oh my god I see how this thing works, and all of a sudden, it's like my whole life changed instantly because, number one, I started to recognize I'm not necessarily even in this body. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, I'm like the NASA guy driving the rover, uh, not on Mars, but uh, I call myself an Earth rover. I'm yeah. driving this vehicle here. Why is it relevant? Because I am not the vehicle. I'm the broadcast, and, and therefore, it's just like if you're watching a television show, and the television breaks. You say the television's dead. I go, yeah, the television is dead. But then the more important question, is the broadcast still there? And the answer, of course, it's still there. The yeah. broadcast isn't the TV. And it's like, oh, I, my body's like a television set playing the Bruce show. If my body comes and goes, my broadcast is still there. <laughs> and if a new body comes in with the same set of antennas that are on my cell right now, I'm back, but in a different Earth rover. It could be a male or female Earth rover. It could be black or white, red, yellow. Uh, these are just the models of the Earth rover. They're not me. I am the, 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 the broadcast coming in. So this empowered me beyond anything because, first of all, my fear of mortality disappeared, meaning if, 
I owned it. So, I mean, most people, it's a devotional thing, how much you want to own it. I saw it as a mechanism and went, boom, <laughs> all right, I'm not in here, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I just saw that and immediately recognized I'm a broadcast, and therefore, uh, if my physical body comes and goes, I'm still here as the broadcast. Uh, so um, that was a real exciting moment for a guy who wasn't spiritual to say, oh, my God, I'm an energy field, which is quantum physics. But in, in ancient terms, that energy field is referred to as spirituality, has the same definition as quantum physics field. Uh, spirit shares the same definition. So you could call it spirit, you can call it field. I don't care what you want to call it. Uh, but we're an energy. Yeah, and, and we come in here and we come to create. And then we look at the world around you, and I say, well, we came here to create. And then you look and you say, I don't want to create this. This is crap. <laughs> you know, this is scary. I don't want this world. I go, oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Your ability to create was compromised in the first seven years when you were programmed to recognize as not being powerful yeah. and not being able to to control your life. We lost the power. And this is now the wake up call that says we better get this power back because the creation is going to hell in a handbasket around here. Yeah. It's like. Uh, and if we take the power back, we change the creation. I say, yeah, when individuals have fallen in love, they've made an entirely different creation uh, in their lives just as a result of not playing that program. And I go, that creation can be our everyday creation once we know we've been programmed. So, you know, my deepest appreciation, appreciation for you guys is to be on this program. Yeah, because being on this program, I, I can give a chance to offer people some insight that uh, – Listen, you are more powerful than, than you can imagine. The first thing you have to own is 95% of your life is not coming from you. It's coming from the program. Yeah. And, 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 and then the issue, a while ago I got off on this, so I just want to help people. So they, they say, wait, I, I don't know what the program was because it was happening even before I was born. And when it was happening at around one and two, I don't know what the heck the program was. I go, Simple, and this is this is a simple insight, and it goes like this: Science has recognized that 95% of your life is coming from the subconscious program. So, in a simple reality, your life is a printout of the programs in your subconscious because 95% of your life is coming from it. And I say, what's the relevance of that? I go, all you have to do to understand your program is look at your life, and here's how simple: everything you like that comes into your life easily comes in because you have a program already to accept that as part of your life. But in contrast, and this is the point I need to make, anything you work hard at to try and make it happen, you sweat over it, you put a lot of effort into it, you know, it's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to make this happen. Quick question, why you're working so hard? And quick answer, Inevitably, your programs you got in your first seven years do not support that destination. And you're working so hard is to override the inherent program that's trying to block it. So basically it says, oh, my God, you don't need to go to a shrink to figure out what your programs are. Look at your life. The things that come easy come easy because you have programs to support it. And in contrast, anything you put an effort into or work hard at making uh, is because uh, inside there's a program that doesn't support that. So now you know which programs are supporting you and which programs are not. And then you now have an opportunity to uh, rewrite those programs that don't support you 
and when you rewrite them to support you, then your system will automatically take you to that new destination versus the one you find yourself in right now. So you can rewrite the script of your life. Now, to do that, we talked about the fact it's like a virtual reality game. You jump into the suit with a bunch of traits, traits that you acquired through your family and your genetics, whatever. Now you're playing the game. I say, and, and how do you know when, when you've done well? And the answer is when you recognize you are not the player in the game. You are the person outside of the game moving that player yeah. around. And once you realize, oh, I'm not in the game, I'm outside, then it says, well, I can change the player. I am not the player. I am above the player, and I can change the traits. I go, oh, once you recognize that you are moving this piece around, then you recognize you are the one with the power to determine where that piece is going to move around to and the fate and health of that piece during the game. And all of a sudden I say, yes, the whole game changes when you recognize you are not in it you are the player and as the player you're more or less like the director of the movie not the actor in the movies if you're the actor in the movie you're just part of the game but when you're the director you're you're sitting observing the movie yeah. and you get a chance to manipulate this you know how it's going to play from the director's role so uh, my appreciation. I know we've meandered around all this, you guys, but uh, but the whole point is why I appreciate this opportunity is to give the listeners an understanding that they do have power. Yeah, but just, just sorry, Bruce, just yeah. to jump back as well because it was something I wanted to mention before because it's, it was really I wrote it down it was really on my mind and you was, you were yes. talking about like when you were talking about like consciousness being aware because I've actually heard you mention before like quantum quantum entanglement I think it's called and you were yes. uh, given that like given as well if you think about that uh, light speed is this like a uh, constant right and um that, it that its rules exist in this reality like for us as a human being in this reality to communicate with um us and send information backwards backwards and forth to our consciousness it must yes. it must require something faster so if you think if you do think about our consciousness it is aware long before our human body even knows what's coming next and it's even aware yes. it's even aware what like what we even observe as well in this reality, even another time, even another sorry, even another reality, or even another time as well. So I was thinking now we do understand that, like obviously this amazing science of quantum entanglement does work, in that it can communicate across these like vast distances, time, even space and dimension as well. I was wondering, do you think that this, in some way, plays like a very important part in this like external communi uh, communication, sorry, or our external consciousness, or is it in some way like? Is it in some way that this information is being passed backwards and forth? Like, have you ever thought about that? Yes, uh, it, it certainly is. It, uh, it, first of all, every individual is not separate from every other individual. We're all in a grid connected to each other, and that's through the entanglement process that you talk about. So uh, um, we're, uh, all humans are like cells in the body of a super thing called humanity. And, and, and the important part about this is to recognize that uh, um, that we we are um, playing according to the program, but we can rewrite this program, and we can rewrite it when we know that we've been programmed. If you have no idea you're playing a program, then you just feel like you're a victim of the world. It's like, geez, I woke up this morning, and I wanted to find health in my life, and at the end of the day, I'm still not healthy, so I have no control. That's the belief of the victim. 
And I go, no, if you recognize that that you have power, uh, you can exercise this power and take back the control over everything in your life and create heaven on earth. And, and it becomes really important to recognize that um, we've also been programmed to believe that, well, if you don't like it, go fight against the system. And it's like, well, this is a waste of your, your energy because you, when you're fighting against the system, you're putting your energy into the system. What we need to do is say, wait, the programs aren't right. I rewrite the program, and guess what? I step outside of the system. I play the program that I want to play now, and don't continue playing the same program that the system wants me to play because it's controlling me. And the only way out is to step outside. And the only way you can step outside is to recognize, first, you've been programmed. If you have no idea you've been programmed, you're the actor in the movie and not noticing you're not just the actor, you're the director. Mm -hmm. There's a time to step outside of the action, look at it from like a third person's point of view, like you're in the audience now looking at the movie and going, this movie sucks. <laughs> yeah. I want to change the movie. And I go, ah, as the director, you have that opportunity. But if you're the player in the movie, uh, you're, you're playing the program and you're going to play that role just the way the program was given to you. Uh, but the director has the opportunity to say, stop, cut. Uh, let's re let's redo that uh, movie now. Let's redo that scene. Uh, and I'd like to change it this way. And all of a sudden I say, ah, that's when you understand that your consciousness was creating this movie and you're the one that can decide whether you want to play this movie or you want to get out of this movie. But you have to know who you are. Uh, and if you're just the actor uh, and fail to recognize that you're actually the director, uh, then you're a victim of everybody else's program. You're just another extra in the scene and you're going to play according to whatever the program was. Uh, but you become the main actor when you recognize, wait, I can write myself into the story in a different way. And I go, yeah, that's when consciousness starts to say, I want a different story. And I go, yeah, if you stay in consciousness and rewrite those negative programs, you can manifest any story. And that is the whole secret of the game. Stop being the player. And for a while, look at yourself as director and go, is this the way you want the scene to play? No? Oh. Well, then you have an opportunity to rewrite the scene, and that means rewrite the program. And that's, uh, you know, so available to us. And or these are modalities by which uh, you engage with something which I call super learning, which allows you to rewrite the script, rewrite the program. And, and those things that made conflict in your life, you can rewrite the program so that, no, those are the things that will manifest in your life. And, and all of a sudden, once you rewrite the subconscious program, you, and the fun part about it is this, once the programs are rewritten, you don't even have to make a conscious effort anymore uh, to be successful because the subconscious will automatically uh, manifest that program. As I said, most of the programs that we have are negative and disempowering. Our subconscious automatically manifests those programs, and then we see ourselves as victims. And yet, on the other hand, when you understand that you've been programmed and you take an opportunity to rewrite it, and you rewrite it as successful programs, that means you don't even have to pay attention because the successful program will run on its own. It's always done, but this time giving you the rewards of life rather than uh, taking away your power, and that is the secret that we need to understand for the evolution of this planet because the the people have a much better uh, a vision of what a future can be than are the current leaders and so if every individual took back their power 
the earth will be better than if we stay disempowered and be run by a few whose visions are creating the problems in the world that we have now. Yeah, definitely. We'll both completely agree with that, Bruce. And uh, Bruce, just just a last one little question I want to ask you before we wrap this up. Um, I was wondering, like, is there any um, further information over the last like few years in regards to like work with the cells or biology that further like solidify in your mind that we are living in a virtual reality? Is there any like new research that's come up in your mind? Oh, a- absolutely. The the whole field. There's a new field called behavioral epigenetics. This is a science that shows how your consciousness, your mind, your actions are what are actually controlling your genetic activity. Your consciousness and your mind determine whether you're going to be healthy or whether you're going to be sick. Your consciousness and your mind determine your fate rather than that you're a victim of forces outside. And so uh, the science is completely moving away from the genetics, which was the victimization, meaning genes control you and, and that's the fate that you got. And, and turn it over into our hands and say, no, we program those genes. And when you understand it, you can program health, happiness, love, success. These are programs, and, uh, and, they're, and they're very important because uh, the, the subconscious mind, which is very, very powerful, will manifest these programs. And therefore, if we have negative programs, then the subconscious mind, meaning below consciousness, uh, will engage behaviors that will manifest a negative program. Yet, in contrast, if we want to, we could write positive programs, and the subconscious mind will manifest those without us even paying attention. And that's the exciting part. So it says, like, my God, you want to get out of the mess we're in right now? Stop. Change the program. Move into another world. Create a different way of life leave the system as we know it and create a new system. So um, this is what uh, uh, I think is the message of the day and the science is fully supporting this new understanding of mind over matter. And, and, and quantum physics uh, explains the, the mysteries that conventional science couldn't explain or, or, or scientific things that we call miracles in the world of quantum physics are, oh, that's science, not miracles. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's a movement to understand the nature of the new physics because the new physics is the physics of empowerment. Wow. Bruce, thank you for that very insightful answer there. and. Bruce, thank you again for being on the podcast and thank you for giving us a good understanding on, sorry, an incredible understanding on virtual reality and how our cells and our biology plays an internal part in from our, from our environment and how we can adapt and change that to live in a more advanced, peaceful, more congruent existence with what we are and what we want to become. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. I, I, I want to thank you guys because the opportunity to talk to your community is what I look forward to because your community of people listening to you are looking for answers other than the conventional ones they've received. And uh, that means, by definition, uh, your wonderful audience represents cultural creatives, the yeah. people who are helping us create a, a new civilization. So my deepest appreciation to you guys for letting me have uh, access to that wonderful community. So thank you and the community. And uh, perhaps in the future we can talk about the next step. Yeah, definitely. That would be, be awesome. That, that would be incredible. That. Thank you so much for your time, Bruce. Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys. If you would like to check out more from Bruce, please head over to his website at brucelipton.com. And also, don't forget to check out the show notes for this podcast at ascendbodymind.com. 
and next week is the launch of the first installment of the past, the now and the future. So get subscribed to the podcast and keep an eye out for that. Anyway, I'll catch you next week. Peace.